Welcome to On The Block with Richard Stone. Richard is a 40-something construction company owner based in the UK. His passions are technology, business automation, customer experience, and helping other small business owners using his own valuable life and business experience. This podcast will be a mixture of solo spots, casual conversation, as well as inspirational key people of influence from their respective fields. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy listening. Here is your host, Richard Stone. So, good morning and welcome to Craig from Correct Choice Windows. How are you doing? You alright? Yeah, good, thank you. So without further ado, just give us a little bit of sort of a little bit of a pricey. I know obviously what you guys do, but just give us a couple of paragraphs about sort of correct choice and like where you come from and what your business is all about. Yeah, so we are a Sheffield-based company. We cover wherever the work is, to be honest. Uh, and we are bringing something different to the industry. We are going to change the industry uh, and we're going to make double glazing, yeah, for everybody. Make it painless, mind the pun. Uh, and obviously uh, take away all the sort of headaches, pressure sales, high prices, and just make it like buying a loaf of bread in the shop. Uh, we've got conservatories, do different sort of extensions, conservatory roofs, replacements, windows, doors, uh, and we're, we're, we're making some ground. We're making some ground. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. I'm, I'm the sales director, and I, I basically kind of run the business, take care of all the sales, and and business partner is the surveyor and the, the main fitter, technical director, and is training the teams and, and takes care of that side. So, yeah. So a window company that's painless, I like the idea of that. That's a really good pun, man. You must have thought long and hard about that one. I like that. That's good. So, cool. Okay, so we've got a few questions to sort of just sort of like get you like a bit settled and a bit comfortable. So we'll, we'll sort of run for a few of them. So... Assuming that at five years old, you probably didn't know what double glazed windows were, although they probably did exist. What did you want to do as a child? What was the first kind of job that you thought, I've heard of that, that sounds good? I wanted to go in armour, believe it or not. I wanted to be uh, an absolute killer machine, uh, paratrooper, that sort of thing. Uh, And yeah, I think I I wanted to do that until I got to comp age and around that age and that kind of just disappeared uh but anyway you were armor uh and then obviously uh the protection from my mum you know you don't want to go and get killed mate you don't want to go and get killed uh so it kind of disappeared and i'll be honest with you it just went that that just went and it was i want to earn money that's what i want to do i want to earn money i want to get into work uh and uh, the working journey started richard it's, you know, it's amazing how powerful that is, isn't it? I mean, I when I I was born in Birmingham and I moved when I was eight to Bristol and I got really badly bullied at school and I ended up like being able to get a couple of jobs. So I think I was about 11. I worked in a pub bottling up in the morning and then after school, I worked in a transport calf back in the lorries in and then I worked in the pub like washing up. And do you know what? I absolutely loved it, but it gave me this killer attitude to going out and earning my own money. Yeah, yeah, it was wicked. Ethic, mate. It's such a it's such a powerful tool at that age. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to wear, wear nice clothes. I wanted to buy a moped. I bought a brand new moped when I was sixteen. You go, well, mate, it's just <laughs> it's just like great, awesome. So, cool. Uh, what ped did you have? 
It was a Peugeot Speed Fighter 2. Wow. Uh, I can't so, imagine you on a moped. I, I can imagine you more on a big fat Harley or something. Mate, I, I, I were minus eight stone then, so... Uh, <laughs> that, might, that might go somewhere to explain it. Yeah, yeah, very aero dynamic at that age, mate. <laughs> Aerodynamic, I love it. Cool. <laughs> so, okay, so who's your favourite famous person? Mm, I'm not really into sort of celebrities as such. I'm more into the music. If I had to go down the route of films and television, it would, it would out, without a doubt, it'd either be Tom Arner or Idris Elba. It'd be well oh, okay. Yeah, he's it a machine, that is Idris Elba, isn't he? He's like, it, 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 would, it would be one of them too. Music-wise, Corey Taylor all day. That's probably the bloke who I think is, okay. is, 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 is the one at the top of the tree, if people know what he is like. So, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some good choices there. Not po- not popular choices, but good choices nonetheless. Yeah, that's it. I'm not a popular guy, mate. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I think you're becoming increasingly popular because you're relatable and you are just you. And... Never more so than now. That's been really, really important because people can see through anything that doesn't fit either of them two things. Yeah, if you if you need to if you need to work on being real, you're not being real, mate. That's why I say. <laughs> I like that. That's good. So three things from your bucket list. What are three things that you really, really, really want to do while you're on this mortal earth? Uh, I don't know. It's, it, it... I want to travel, 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 travel. That's that's what I'd really like to do. Uh, I'm really not sort of like, I could say I want to jump out of a plane. I could say all that, that stuff, generic stuff, what people say. Uh, but it's more about, I don't know, it's, it's, it's about early retirement plans and enjoying your life. And, and that's the sort of thing that I really, I, I really want to do. I know it's a little bit different from the sort of, yes. what I want to do. But Good I, answer. I've, I've, Played with tigers, I've bathed elephants, I've played with monkeys, I've shot guns. Did you know what I mean? It's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's more of a more of a, a plan in me that I want to do so I can enjoy the rest of my life. That's 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 cool. That cool to me. Okay. So three things that really, really piss you. I've got some ideas that you might actually be coming up with for this, but three things for room 101. What three things really get under your goat? I'll try and keep it a little bit different. You've probably heard it before. I hate it when people don't wave in a car when I let them out. It really pisses me off. It really annoys me. That really annoys me. People don't hold doors open. Don't say thank you when you've held the door open for them. Uh, and I mean, to go a little bit off for it, indifferent people. People were just, oh, yeah, mm, great. Like everything. Don't, don't, don't eat anything. I just, I just can't get on with it. Just, Vanilla people. Uh, I just can't get on with it at all. It's uh, please give me an opinion. Please give me some feedback. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. I know what you mean because I've I was always brought up. I mean, we never had a lot, but I was always brought up with manners and to hold a door open for someone, whether they're male or female, it doesn't matter. Hold a door, be courteous, be polite. And when people, oh. you know, I don't want people to go, "Oh, brilliant, what a lovely fella," but. Just an acknowledgement, thank you. Costs nothing. It's like a See, smile. What? No. no, it costs nothing. But actually, nothing. It's, it's just about being polite. And the world would be a much nicer place if people actually just displayed a few basic manners. I, I totally agree. I mean, I can I can have all these opinions. I can be liked, I can be disliked. But I've still got manners. I've still got ethics, still got morals. And I think they are the greatest characteristics a human being can possess. And I think if you haven't got that, you haven't got anything. Mm. Uh, that's, that's what I believe. Cool. So if you could have dinner with Idris Elba then, 
where would you go and what would you have to eat? I'd probably take uh, Corey Taylor after for dinner and I'd probably go to KFC. KFC. Um, Can't beat a KFC. Gravy? Beans? Yeah. Gravy and beans? Nah, it's got to be gravy, I it, but... I only, play, I only play with it. I only play with it. I'm not, a, I'm not a, one of them who sits there and drinks it. You know, I'm disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just, that's just taking it to a whole wrong level. That is drinking gravy. You've got problems, mate. I mean, I can smash a few pints of Guinness down and with the best of them, but drinking gravy, that's just no. Desperation, isn't it? That? Yeah. So when you're not busy at work, what's what hobbies and pastime? What do you what do you enjoy doing outside of work when you're not working and on LinkedIn? Uh I love my gym, go every day, go to the gym every day. I've done multiple different sort of gym things. I had a few bashes at comps in past, uh, wasn't strong enough. Uh, but I like my gym uh, and I like having a blast on guitar. Uh, I'm about three years into it now. Probably could be a lot further than what I am, but I've never had a lesson. I'm self-taught, uh, I could play a few riffs when I said that, Metallica's, Slayer tunes, and I, and I could play tunes that I probably shouldn't be able to play, uh, or parts of them too, should I say, were a little bit more advanced. Uh, but yeah, I like my guitar, uh, I like a bit of a stuff guitar, and, and I like the training. And I like going clay, I go, I go clay shooting quite a bit as well, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, I go, I go quite a, probably once a month, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I, go, I go with my dad, so uh, I smash it every time as well. Yeah, nice. I haven't shot for years. I did used to have my license, but when we moved house a couple of times ago, um, we changed from one police bar, police authority to another. Yeah. And it was just an absolute ball ache to get it. And like where I wanted to cite my cabinet in the house would have just been a pain. So yeah. I, have, I currently haven't got my license, but I do miss it. And I would love to get another a lovely, lovely. It was like, I only bought it second hand, but I had a really nice six, Beretta 682 Goldie. Wow. And I love that. that, that? Dad's, I forgot which one my dad's got. Now he's got another and under, but it's, uh, it's a really nice. Could he paid about 1200, 1300 quid for it? Uh, and and I use I use a three hundred quid Hatsan semi auto, and it is the best okay. gun I have ever shot in my life. Semi auto, uh, so that's a free shot, isn't it? Yeah, but you're only yeah. allowed to buy two, aren't you? In, yeah. in UK, so but it's just like it, it's, it's. I feel like Arnold when I shoot that. Yeah, I can imagine. I had a mate who used to, he was he was a bit more into it than me, and he probably to be fair at the time he had a bit more disposable income. He was a Sparky, so he was like. Every time he pulled his hand out of his pocket, a wad of fifties just fell on the floor. Yeah. Just like following him about. But yeah, he, he had like I think he had about half a dozen different guns. And I had a go with this, like with this semi-auto once. I just couldn't get on with it. It was I did it was exactly what I felt like. It felt like Arnie with his pump yeah. action thing. Yeah. I mean my dad's when he shoot me dad's, it's just like bang bang that. Yeah. It's like it feels like you're going to jungle warfare when you shoot that. Mm. So yeah, it's got a kick to it. Have you ever shot side by sides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? yeah. Different, aren't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. But I, I like the semi-auto. I love that. Mm. I love that. Seeing them fly past your head when you shoot it, and that. it's just, it's just weird. Isn't it? So, where do you go to, like a licensed gun club, or have you got your own trap? Or no? So, uh, there's uh, a place in Gore uh, Park Lodge. I think it's one. Of, I think, as far as I'm aware, it's one of the best in country. It's like anybody that we go there with is just like this is absolutely incredible. Mm. Sort of like about thirty of different sort of traps. Oh, wow. towers. It's just incredible. We've got all different rap variations, plays that skin off the top of water. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Sounds fascinating. Sounds like a really good setup. Really good. Really good. So what sort of scores are you getting them? 
So best I've ever got is 48 out of 75. Wow, that's pretty good going. That's that's the best. I'm always I'm always in 40s. Mm. I'm always in, I'm always in 40s out of 75. If we go to 100, I'll get into you know what I mean 50s. Mm. But it's one of them where I mean we went last time and there's a tower, a variation tower where it just shoots right. everywhere randomly, and, yeah. And and I got 15 out of 15. You were like, wow, everyone. wow, blimey. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what won, won the day for me. Like, so we have a little bit of a competition between me and my dad and people. Over yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's always, but last I think it's like last six or seven times I've batted everybody like. Well, I used to work, I used to work with an estimator, and he was like, he used to shoot for England. No one knew. He used to shoot for England, and I went, I went skeet shooting. Oh, it was mental. He was like, he was almost like quick draw McGraw shooting between his legs. It was just like. Mate, behave. You could leave the gun in the motor and still would get 100 out of 100. It was just phenomenal. It was like, and in the end, I was like, there is no point. And I, thought, I got a bit demoralised by it, if I'm honest, because yeah. it was like, it made me shoot shitter watching him than it did if I'd have just been shooting normally. I've seen an old boy. I've seen an old boy, right? He was getting pushed around in a wheelchair. If he was under, if he, if he wasn't in, eight, in his 80s, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked. And we've never seen anything like it. I have never seen anything like it. Mm. Sat in his wheelchair, really old guy, and the shots that he was getting were incredible. Yeah, and I think he, I think we heard murmurs like he got ninety-seven out of hundred, and he was pissed off with that day. Do you know a lot of it's muscle memory though? I used to have a mate; he's passed away now, but. There was a load of them, and I never really got into it. But they all used to ride like big, big super bikes, and we'd all go on a pub crawl on a Sunday. And that, like, I'd drive, and they'd like ride between pubs. And one of them, this old boy, had got a Triumph Bonneville, like open face helmet, the lot. And we used to go on this pub crawl on a Sunday around all the village pubs, and he would beat people on like X ups and bandits and like thousand cc bike, like proper sports bikes, and he would beat them by like three foot by about a pint from pub to pub on a Triumph Bonneville and it was just literally because he'd ridden it for so long. It was so in tune with that bike. It was just, and it's yeah. the same with shooting. You see some people and you just like, you look at me and go, mate, that technique, you shouldn't be hitting a barn door with a banjo shooting like yeah, that. Yeah, and yet they're, yeah, they're yeah. smashing eight and nine out of tens. Yeah, yeah. And a few years ago, I took a client to um, Desert Springs in Spain. I mean, I can't play golf. I didn't even used to enjoy it. I used to hate it, but I went anyway. And this geezer had the most random swing on a golf course you've ever seen. He looked like something, what's, I can't remember, is it Adam Sandler, that film where he's like the shittiest golfer and he's got the uh, maddest swing? He's, he's actually very good, isn't he? He beats yeah. everybody, doesn't he? Yeah, but that's um, what this geezer's Happy like. Gilmore, isn't it? Happy Gilmore, that's it. But this bloke's like that. He's got the most mental stance in the world and he's smashing the ball 300 yards. Some people just look like they shouldn't be able to do it, but they can just uh, do it. It's, yeah. So maybe sure. your man in the wheelchair... Maybe he's just been shooting a long time, and he just yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I suspect he was a, 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 probably a very, very, very high level of support. Yeah. He clearly hadn't got glaucoma because <laughs> his his eyesight. It's, it's, it's about eyesight, isn't it? I mean, if you've got your eye in properly, and you know you can sort of judge the wind, because the wind is like how much lead is that's where you win or lose, isn't it? Yeah, it's your lead, yeah, So holidays, then you've been on. You've been on some pretty. Been to see a few different animals in different places. What was your favourite holiday destination? Thailand, without a doubt. Thailand. Thailand, yeah, Thailand. I'm going again next year. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going for uh, three weeks okay. uh, next year. 
Uh, it's probably the most incredible place that I've been. We, we, did, we did quite a lot of it when we went. So we're going to do same again and, and, and travel out and just have three, four days in each destination and, right. and, 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 and uh, see a little bit more of it. I love that sort of neck of woods, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's uh, unless you've been there, you don't know. Yeah, it's not somewhere I've ever been. I've got there's a decorating subby I use from Shropshire, and he's he's like he got divorced. He's been married like two or three times over here, and he's married someone in Thailand, and he's got a family out in Thailand, and he sort of he works here, but he'll sort of he'll do like two weeks here, and then he'll go back back to Thailand for like a couple of weeks, and he absolutely swears by it. He says like how amazing it is, and I've just I don't know, I've just never sort of never got around to it. I think because I work quite hard, I just when I go on holiday, I just want to just do nothing. Just want yeah, to just literally off switch well, off well, and just gonna, yeah, you've got to you've got to have some time to yourself, though, yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. It will be literally put down until that point, and then that's where I just go right. That's it. I'm, uh, Are I'm you on. ever not foot down though? You just seem like one of them people that is even when you're not doing something, you're still doing twenty things. I don't know. It's hard to explain, Richard. It's one of them things where it's spread across the day, the night, the weekends. Mm. It's just constantly in my brain. I get told multiple times I need to calm it down. I don't think I go too far with it. I just just you know just found me sort of passion and me, and my baby that I want to look after. I'll go on and say if it means me signing somebody up. If somebody said to you, do you know what I mean? Some people would say a Sunday is a Sunday. You shouldn't go out on a Sunday. Not Moving so. up and want to pass me five grand for a job, I'm not going to be doing half an hour. Of course you are. Signing that contract. Mm. Same as I sat there at five o'clock at night if you wanted to. It doesn't matter. Mm. Work is work. Yeah. yeah. When you haven't got an F, you'll sit and moan about it. Yeah. So if you can sign it, sign it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know I should probably give a, a, a deload some of my sort of stuff to people and get mm. some other people in business, but we're here where we are now because of me doing that. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep doing it for a little bit longer and I'll keep doing it until it becomes totally unmanageable. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and they said to me, their question to me, I was being interviewed for their podcast and they said to me, how do you feel about the, the sort of, the fact that you do a job you love and it must, be, it must be a really good thing. I said, don't get me wrong, I love it to bits. I absolutely love the fact that I love what I do. But when you physically cannot switch off because it's 24 7 and you are always thinking about it then that does have an impact on other people right around you like does, when, yeah. when your missus is saying to you well it's sunday like you're, you've been in the office for like nine hours what are you playing at but so do you do you find ways to try and sort of like balance that out a little bit i i, I do but it's one of the things where i mean we, we take turns cooking meals cooking dinners you know what i mean we, we do that if, if, if my wife's cooking, I'll go upstairs and have a potter about in office and I'll do a little and I'll blast it there. I like going phases, me, where mm. it'll be concentration for two, three hours and then it'll be, I'll go to gym and I'll have an hour of gym. Mm. You know what I mean? And then it'll be a right blast to get this. I'd probably, all, all these gurus and all that, I'd probably say I, I, I have procrastination, and but it works for me. Mm. I, I, I see it as a kind of thing that I'll leave, I may leave things to last minute or I may leave things until they build up, but it still is the same quality of work that I would have done. It's just the way I see it is that I just prioritise things differently. Yeah. If I don't need to do something, I won't do it. If I need to do something, I'll do it and I'll do it right and I'll get it done. Uh, but it's just where I'm, I'm starting to now take my foot off the gas a little bit when it comes to a Saturday and a Sunday. 
uh, and trying to shift that to try and bring in a normal sort of work-life balance. Uh, because I do love it, but I love working for myself and having my business, and it needs to be sustainable in future as I get older and things like that. And, and I don't want to get to any severe working habits where I'm that guy, a 50-year-old, who's absolutely minted, who's not going to enjoy any of it. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got to be able to enjoy it and you've got to be able to sort of spend time with your family and get a little bit of balance. And like I used to get hammered for work-life balance. And I and and I, I don't think it I don't think there is such a thing. I think it's more about blend because like people say, well, it's a weekend, shouldn't work. Well, if my if my other half's working, because she's self-employed, if she's working, she's up holding a chair or something, and the children are like happy and they're doing their own thing. Why someone feel it's right to tell me that I can't go and sit in the office for two hours and price a tender? It seems to be people that are employed that that say that sort of thing. Mm. It's, it's all right for them to work on a weekend, but then because you own your own business, you need to take a foot off the glass, you need to relax, you need to mm. you should be working on a Saturday. Well, what the fucking well what, what everybody else is doing? Who's, who's working at Tesco's? Mm. Who's working at fucking hospital? What's you know, do you get what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, if nobody worked on a Saturday or Sunday, the economy would be about twenty percent short of GDP. I'd imagine. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, it's a good analogy. Cool. So, one of the things that, that I'm really passionate about, and I see you talk about quite a lot, is mental health. Where does your sort of interest in that and, and your passion for that? Because you've got quite strong opinions on it, as I have. Where does that come from? Do you think? Suffering myself from it. Uh, and I can be quite honest that there would have been a time in my in my life I can imagine in me in my twenties, early twenties, when I used to think it was utter shit. Mm. And I just think it's load of bollocks. How can how can you what? You don't feel you feel bad. Be happy then. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. finding somebody who hasn't got no legs walk. It's just it's just it's just bullshit. Uh, and then as you get older and I've been through some stuff in my life, I think I've had a colourful life. I wouldn't say well, I don't know. I've been through some shit, lost jobs, thrown jobs away, lost, you know what I mean? Lost family members and things like that. And it creeps up on you. And there was just something not right in my head. And, and I was thinking, fucking hell, how do, I, how do I shake this? How do I, what's wrong with me? And then it creeps up on you to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm suffering with depression. And I've chucked a little bit of anxiety in there as well. Uh, so it's just one of the things where it's, it's been with me now around about, about seven years. Uh, so that's why I like to talk about it is because people will be oh you're a big lad oh big beard and fucking oh you this you that and it's just like me I'm still still human you know what I mean mm -hmm. I'm still I'm still a human being it doesn't matter what you look like what your appearance is your external appearance it's it's it's, it's what you hear what you can't see and yep. uh, I think the business side of this as well has helped me manage that as well and and, and has helped me sort of find a purpose right. uh, and, and, and control that. And then sometimes it sends it through the roof uh, and, and just, just kicks me to shit. But the passion is, Richard, is because I didn't used to, all of a sudden I didn't believe in it. And it's just like, what? And then you're just like, wow, well, I actually know what it is. I'm first hand. Yeah, I think it's like a lot of things, isn't it? It's like, I mean, I get that. And thank you, because that's really honest. Um, and I'm kind of the same. I think I didn't I didn't believe it and and I can vividly recall um a conversation I had with my mum years and years ago probably 
probably close to 20 years ago when her, her referring to a family member who I shan't name um, and saying that, oh, this such and such person is depressed. They just need to get a grip of themselves. I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, and I said to her, that sounds like it's more than like getting a grip. And we sort of, we, we agreed to disagree because my mum could have a row in a phone box. She's one of them people, you know, I yeah. love her a bit, but she's, <laughs> she does love an argument. So I kind of sort of left her to, left her to it. And, um, some months later, we sort of picked up that conversation and, and our viewpoint had changed a little bit. Um, and it wasn't until that I actually realised that actually I was ill and I'd got a few things that I'd got, because I'm, I'm similar to you. I've, I've been done that sort of peaks and troughs. I was a director of three firms before I was 30. They all went bang because of Svenska Handels Bank and um, I've thrown jobs away that I probably shouldn't have done. I mean, I, I threw a spectacular opportunity away because I told the boss that, what I said, I think my words were, what the fuck have I got to do to get a pay rise around here? Clean your car or suck your knob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, looking back now, that was that was probably not the best way to go about negotiating a pay rise, but, but I was being true to myself and how I felt. But the whole kind of journey, I mean, my wife was diagnosed with anxiety and depression as a result of the way the police force treated her when she worked for worked in the police and where she'd been. And that was a job she loved. She wanted to do that. We went to school together. It was all she ever wanted to do. Um, and the way that that sort of treated her and that um, felt like it was horrific. It was horrible to watch. Um, and f- like her journey and sort of what I've gone through is what makes me want to talk about it because if by talking about it, it, it normalises it, it makes it okay for other people to want to talk about stuff and share how they feel. And they, they you know, from that, they might just have a conversation with somebody and, you know, they're sweet, they're happy days. But actually also some people can't just self-medicate them or self-regulate themselves and, and need to be signposted and go off and, and work with somebody and get some help. So if both people like us talking about this kind of thing help somebody like that to be able to go and get the help they need, then do you know what? I kind of feel like, why shouldn't we do it? It's, it's perfectly normal. I, I agree with you. And the reason that I do like talking about it is because of that was the turning point for me. That was a turning point where it was... It was around about the acceptance of it, the understanding of it, and then the sort of right let's start getting getting something done about this and trying to change the way. And that was around that was two years ago, and it was New Year's Eve in here, in a, you know, in a, at our house. And I had to get out of the house. I went for a walk with my pal, and I broke down. Mm. In, in I can't remember ever being like that, to crying like that. And it just got to the point where I just exploded. The neighbor was like, what the fuck? Come here, pal. You know what I mean? He's 42. He was like, mate, he had me back. Mm. But I woke up the next day and I was like, wow. Wow. How do I feel? Wow. Wow. And I couldn't believe it. Then it creeps back. Yeah. Then he talks about it. Then it creeps back again. He keeps talking about it. And now it's just a case of now I try to manage that. And, if, and tell people how I feel. We've got a group of friends now. One at lads, one of my one of my very close mates is only 23. It's a young lad. His head is just screwed on. He's, he's such a great chap. He's part of the circle now. We'll discuss it. We may, he'll often ask me how I'm doing. And people discuss these things. Uh, and the often thing that they say is, never thought it'd be you, Master. Never thought that somebody like you. Uh, why have you kept this? Why have you kept this secret? Why have you not told us? And and the talking does help. But the little thing that's really starting to fucking wind me up at the minute, Richard, is people now 
dissing people for talking about it. Mm. And that is people saying, oh, it's just more than talking about it. So first we get this out in the open. We talk about this. We encourage people to talk about it. And then now we're getting away with people. And I'm seeing it quite often. It's really starting to wind me up. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just jumping on bandwagon. You're just talking. Don't matter if you're jumping on bandwagon, right? Don't matter what your motives are. If you're putting this out there and people are engaging with that, seeing it, and it may encourage them to talk about it, then fucking well done. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I see it when, I, I, and I see it. I'm seeing it often. It's people talk about something, then the way the people come, where they diss people for talking about that. It's just so what? It's just so what? We're still talking about it. I know. It's nuts. I had it firsthand. I did a post in March about the fact that I was going to go and see a counsellor. And it was kind of a bit of a eureka moment that that this was beyond something that I could just like work out myself. Yeah. And that I needed to go and talk to someone. And I, I thought long and hard about it and I thought about like what it meant to me and like the gravity of like reaching that kind of decision. And I just thought, do you know what? If I can if I can actually sort of help one other person by talking about it then it's worth doing. And John McCulloch, who's like runs one of the mastermind groups I'm in, said to me about like going and seeing someone, um, like a mastermind before that. And I'd like gone, yeah, 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 all right, maybe, yeah, no, no, don't fancy it. Um, and at the same time, they were saying to me, look, you need to be doing more content on LinkedIn. So I just thought, you know what, fuck it. I'll do a video about it. And I, po- and I spoke to, I didn't speak to John, I spoke to three or four other different people, most of whose had don't put this video on LinkedIn. You're going to get absolutely like fucking buried for it. And my, my 16 year old son who lives with my ex-wife said, I rung him up and he said, look, he said, dad, if you're, if you can find the courage to do that, he said, I'll never be prouder of you than if you do that. So I did it. And then that was like half five the next morning. And by seven o'clock, four people had like private messaged me saying, look, I don't know where you found the courage to do it, but I've watched your video and I'm actually now going to go and either, I'm going to go and talk to someone. Or one guy actually said, look, can you signpost me? I need, I need, like, who did you go and talk to? And for me, that was like, that was like, absolutely, this is like job done. That's what I've achieved. And then I got like, messages from people going, who the fuck do you think you are? You haven't got any qualifications in this. Why are you talking about it? And I just went back to someone and said, um, how can I be any more qualified than knowing what's going on in my own fucking suite? That's the yeah. best level of qualification you can have, mate. So tell you what, disconnect from me, unfollow me and fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, if we drill down to it a little bit, the motivation as well, I think for me as well is, you know what? I've been a bit of an arsehole over my life time. You know what I mean? I've been that knobhead at school also on corridor all the time. I've, I've been a total twat. I've never totally crossed the line of doing anything significantly bad to an extent like prison or anything like that. But I find so much satisfaction nowadays, genuinely, Fucking helping people out. Mm. I see it as is is, and it's a quote that I've seen a long t- a, a while back, and it's life's a game of boomerangs. Whatever you throw out will come back with astounding accuracy. I'm not a quote person. I hate them. I hate quotes. I just I hate them. Mm. But that is a genuine genuine thing that I believe in, and that is you, know, you can go down the road of karma and all that. But if you just mm. give out and do good, the universe does repay you. But yeah. not do it in a way that you're doing it to gain some back. Yeah. But it's just an energy that I believe in that you, you walk around like a knobhead, don't do anything for anybody, don't help people out, don't share these mm-hmm. these things that you've been through, then 
you haven't got really a purpose, have you? I like to give some back. I want to help these people. You know what I mean? Because I wish somebody did that to me. Yeah, that's the thing. And we need more people to actually be okay to talk about it. And I was talking to a guy, not on a podcast, but I was on a, like a mentoring call a few months ago. Um, and it was quite funny because like, because I get mentored, um, but I also like coach people and work with like people. I know you do some stuff in, in the community. Um, <clears throat> and one, one, one guy said to me, he said, um, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, you've had like a varied like career. You've had like senior management jobs. You've like been on the tools. Then you've gone back on the tools. He said, you speak really freely now. He said, could you have done that when you were a director of someone else's company? And I, do you know what? It really made me think. And I, it made me think and it made me sort of actually sort of realise that no, I couldn't have done because I would always have been worried that, and it wasn't necessarily national businesses, but they were reasonable sized companies that kind of had a bit of a sort of a culture and a bit of a way to behave that I couldn't have done that. But what it also did is it kind of also lit a bit of a bonfire under me because I think, yeah, it's quite hard running your own company, but it's quite a privileged position. Not everybody can do it. So if, if I don't have to answer to anyone else, and if there are all these subjects out there that people don't want to talk about because they're too scared or they feel that they can't because they might their job might be at stake, then I need to fucking talk about them. Yeah. Because it. you can't just sit and wait for other people to do it. No, that's it. Well, it's, it's kind of liberating as well to be able to have that, 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 that to be in that position to do mm. that. And, and to know that you don't have to care about what anybody else thinks above you mm. or idea, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that in any cases, it doesn't matter what anybody's motives are, we should be encouraging it at all times uh, and, and and sharing this and, and getting it out. People can smell bullshit. They can. can see fabricated stories. They can see fabricated viral written, you know what I mean, stuff to, to for that purpose. And it can be genuine. Like I spotted earlier on, if you have to try and be real, you're not fucking real. Mm. Uh, you, you're not, because you should be the one saying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? People yeah. should be saying that to you. And I just encourage anybody to, to speak about this. And when you do see somebody openly talk about it, he sets a fire, doesn't it? You, you've oh, massively. Seen, you've seen what you can do. And do you know what? I mean, the amount of people's posts... That, that I've commented on, and I don't necessarily agree with what they're talking about, but I will also I will always say, do you know what? Fair play to you for actually having the courage to talk about that. I might actually probably more likely say fair play for having the bollocks to talk about it, because that's more yeah. me, but but I would always want to praise somebody for, for actually sort of have, being courageous and actually standing there and talking about something, because even if I don't agree with it, I might have I might have a reason, well, I will, always, I will have a reason for not agreeing with it, because that's my opinion, but... But I would still want to just say, do you know what? Well done for actually having the courage to actually do it because not enough people do do it. There's far too much just generic bollocks on LinkedIn with people just regurgitating shite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's had an odd bringing up, and everyone's had, a, had an odd upbringing. Everyone's had that job offered, haven't they? What? Well, where the top manager is a wanker. Oh, you've got the job. Because you would need somebody like you. Whoever, you know what I mean? You can see through it. You, you can see through it. Uh, but when it comes down to the mental health side and stuff like that, then I do commend anybody that, that comes out of it. And I know, right, based on how I felt, it's a lot of worse people out there. Mm. And there's a lot worse people out there, what they've felt, what they've gone through. And when you're laid in fucking bed all night, yeah, thinking about a tiny, I don't know, 
fucking centimetre by centimetre hairline scratch on someone's window mm. in your lady bed, like, fuck me, can't sleep by because you're worried about it, or just anything in general fabricating problems that you just feel like, how are you getting to this conclusion, you arsehole? You know what I mean? Mm. I, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and, and my wife and, and people telling me, saying, how are you getting to that end? How are you getting there from mm. this? And, it, and you've been through it, and then you feel like you've got no energy, and you're zapped, and you can't do well, and you've got as much money as you want, you've got a brand new fucking car, you're going on holiday, everything's all right, and you feel like you've got nothing. Mm. And you sat there like... But that's how it gets you, isn't it? And then, and then you've got to think about everybody else as well that has, has got that ten times worse. And people as well were starting to experience that. Talk about it, get it out in the open. But that's the thing: the more it is talked about, and the more it is normalised, the more people can work out where they are between one and ten, and where yeah. and that actually what they need to do in terms of like next steps. Is this something that they can deal with themselves, or is it something they could deal with by just having a conversation with somebody, or or do they need to sort of put make some life changes, or do they need to go and get counselling? But but the more people talk about their experience, the more people can actually can actually gauge where they are, and actually the more easier it will be for people to actually go out and get help if they need to. Yeah, some some people do need to go and get help. It's not, it's not everybody can work on it themselves. 100%, 100%. And it's recognising that by listening to other people's stories, mm. other people's opinions, and formulating that. Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, I I have been at a, probably a place multiple times where, where I have gone and spoke to people, I've gone and seen people, and probably should have done it earlier, because I'm a stubborn bastard, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, I'll deal with it. You know what I mean? In early days, Whereas now, I don't think I need to. Mm. I can find some stuff on YouTube, yeah, like with gratitude, you know what I mean? Like gratitude, and mm. I can find me on stuff that will make me think, fucking hell, Craig, snap out of this, come mm. on, And I can find stuff, you know what I mean? One bit of motivational stuff. Yeah, that's different, but, yeah. But I can find things and stories and listen to people and, uh, and you know what I mean? And, if I need to get out of it, mm. and, and, and it pulls me out of it quite quickly, but that's I found what works for me. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, the important thing. Is is what works for you, isn't it? Because what works for you might not work for me, and vice versa. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that, that was the scary thing. I interviewed a guy at the start of, well, probably about four weeks into lockdown, um, and they, and he's one of the top people in like cognitive behavioural therapy. And they were saying that there was like eighty percent down on referrals during lockdown because people are just not not wanting to go and talk about their their mental health and yet now apparently from i mean i've got an interview with him in a couple of weeks and he was saying that actually it's gone back the other way now and actually they're starting to see like a big flood of people sort of actually realizing mm. that hold on a minute i need to do something here i'm locked down i'll be totally honest with you lockdown was it was was a very funny place for me because i went through the i went through a full, full 360 degree of Fucking hell, I'm going to lose my business. While the world is ending, I don't know how I'm going to get this back on track. My phone is ringing, no emails are coming. And then all the way, all the way back round to probably around the last about six, seven, probably the last six weeks of uh, don't be an asshole. That's not just going to disappear because of this. As soon as we come out of lockdown, bang, phone, just four, four, four emails, bang, 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 work just poured in tremendously. And it kind of took me to a place where We've gone, I was kicking stones on my back garden for all that length of time, doing nothing, and come round to, and it's kind of helped me with my anxiety a little bit, because now I use that as a bit of medicine. If we can get mm. through that, 
business-wise mm-hmm. and not have any work coming in for three months and nothing happening, we can get through fucking, we can get through anything. Yeah. And that's, you know what I mean? That's what yeah, I'm, listen, I, can't, I completely get it because I've kind of done that whole sort of circular loop because... It was like a week before lockdown, we were sort of looking at our end of end of year one sort of figures, and and this year one of our trading because we only set up in like the back end of like February twenty nineteen. We would have doubled this. We would have doubled this turnover. That is exactly. So we did just under four hundred and fifty k in year one. We'd got one point three million pounds worth of work to start in, wow. from middle of March onwards. Now, some of that was because of relationships I've got with clients that have given us tenders and stuff. Um, but yeah, we were looking pretty good. And within six days, it went. Yeah. And every single one of them jobs got cancelled. Yeah. But because our work is really seasonal, the external decks part of it anyway, not the compliance stuff, but the external decks and most of that, apart from one job that was 120 grand, um, is all external decks. We've lost that window to do that work because March to September is like the best weather for doing that kind of work. So I went through that whole same journey you did where it was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my business. What's going to happen? Uh, I didn't think I'll lose my house because obviously we've got like separations and stuff. So like that's protected. But it was like, I've put all this effort in. I've worked day and night to get this business off the ground. And like, this has just come along and sideswiped me. And I went through a massive, massive circle of like emotion. Like days, I just like literally was like, "What am I doing? Yeah. What? What? what am I? And I'm looking at my family, thinking, "Why have you put all your faith in me? I'm just a bell end. I don't know what I'm doing. Why? Yeah. I'm not worthy." I went through like a whole massive shit can of emotion, and it was, it was like a proper journey. But like you said, in the kind of like the last six to eight weeks, we're like we're talking to people that we would never have spoken to before. We've got opportunities we never would have had, and now I'm looking back thinking. Yeah, that was really awful. But but actually, was it really awful, or have I just learned a shitload of stuff about me and about business? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the early part of it, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it has given me a different outlook now, and it is. I've worked. I've been in that position where I've always thought I was capable of doing something, Richard. I always have been one of them guys that get up in the morning and think, "Why am I going to work in this get this bell and want it?" Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? So when you've worked hard to get this, I've had multiple different ventures before. I've owned gyms, I've had PT businesses, and they've always got to be amazing uh, on the outside to other people. And I've made them work, but they've always come to an end or, or, or something's happened where I've just gone off. Oh, I can't bother now. Uh, it's not the right thing. I've mm. found it. It's my little baby. I want to keep older it. So it kind of heightens that anxiety mm. and has done for a bit. But now... It helps it. It helps the anxiety side of it because each week is a challenge where you think, right, oh, I've got through that. That's over here. Uh, you know, I mean, the lockdown. If we can get through that, I'm sure we can get through anything. I'm sure. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, and it's just, it's just. It's just got to take it on board and learn from anime. Yeah, that's all you can do. Do you know what? At the end of the day, we're both still here. You know, both our businesses are still doing well. We're thriving, so we've got. We've just got to look back and go. Do you know what? What could? What can we done? Like I've looked back and thought, what could I do differently? And there's things now that I'm thinking about doing. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It would have been chill out a little bit and just ride it because there's a lot more other people out there. We lost the business. Lost the jobs, yeah. uh, and, and we're all right. But it's one of the things where it does give you some medication and a bit of medicine 
to go through that and think, okay, I have it on my mind for, for literally 20 hours a day while I'm awake. Mm. <laughs> Not all medicine comes in a bottle, does it? No way, it doesn't. There you go, there's a name for a podcast. Right, so... <clears throat> to wrap things up then, so people can reach out to you obviously via LinkedIn. Um, what's the what's the best way for them to get in touch with you for correct choice? Have you got a website you want to name amazing drop? Website, Richard. Our website is amazing. When I look at our website, correctchoicewindows.com. Or you oh. can email us at info at correctchoicewindows.com. Okay. We've got a good website, very good. Very cool. Good and what free tips would you give for business owners right now? Don't listen to people who don't own a business. Everybody wants to give you some advice. Be careful who you listen to. Second one is no one knows better. I don't think than your gut. If you if you if you feel, if you're on the edge of something and it don't feel right, and this in here is telling you don't fucking do it or go and do it, do it. Trust in yourself. Uh, and another one as well is 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 don't stop marketing and selling. Keep, you, you don't, nobody wants the product to run down the throat, but people want to buy. Uh, people actually want to spend money and buy. So make it easy for them to purchase from you. Be seen, make some noise, uh, and, and make yourself a little bit louder than other people. And you'll find your own way of doing that, whether it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. There is some platform out there or some channel where, where you can get recognized. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. It's been thoroughly enjoyable as always. Thanks for listening to the On The Block podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Richard does, please visit his website, www.stonecontracts.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy his show. Thanks for listening and see you soon on the blog.